You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our associate pastor, Brent Hand, with this week's message. Today I want to talk to us about retaking our place. And when I say retaking our place, what I mean, what, what you might hear maybe is something different than what I mean. Um, I hear uh, people sometimes say things like, the, the church in America has lost its place. It used to be in this place in society. It's lost, its, it's lost that place in, in our country and our culture. And, and while that may be true, and that may be something that we, we do need to worry about, and it, it does concern me some, the truth is I feel like there's a danger in that mentality. And that is, first of all, that, uh, that it glorifies the past maybe a little too much. It makes us think things were better than they actually were, and it, it makes us long for things that were behind instead of pressing for what's ahead of us. And, uh, but also, I think maybe even more dangerous is it makes the problem, some big problem that this, you know, the, the, the church as a whole and as, you know, the, the, the worldwide church has lost its way, and, and it's this big, you know, big thing that you and I can't fix. We can't do anything about it. It's these, these other people that are the problem. It's not me and you, right? Um, and so uh, it becomes this thing that, that we can't do anything about. But the good news is, is that, that you and I, even if, the, if, if it's, it's going to be hard for us to do anything about the, the church taking its place, you and I can take our place. And if, you, if, if we get serious about where we need to be with God, and we retake our place following him, then I believe the big church will be okay. Yeah. Right? If we all do our part, and that's let's let's boil it down to something we can handle. And so, let's I want to challenge you with today is retaking your place and finding your place. I want to start though talking about weddings. Um, have you ever been to a wedding? Have you ever been in a wedding and just sat there and been like, "What the heck is going on?" This it's, it's kind of a weird thing. If you sit there and just kind of look around at what's happening, it's kind of a strange thing we do, right? It's a very weird event. I think Jim Gaffigan, the com- comedian, he he called it a uh, you know the, the, a, a prom that he has to pay for for his his daughter. You know, it's <laughs> it's it, it's it's a weird thing we do, and we spend so much time and effort, you know, uh, getting it perfect. You know, getting the wedding perfect and. But here's the thing, weddings and marriages aren't the same thing, right? They're not the same thing. And I, I kind of wish we spent more time on the marriage, getting that right, than we do on the, the wedding, right? Um, because that's what's beautiful about the wedding. That's what's important about it, is what comes next. Yeah. Is that what it's going to do to the rest of your life? Um, or a baby being born. Have you ever, I've been present for three children being born. All three of them, wildly different experiences. Um, neither, not one, like prepared me for the next one. It was always just like a little bit different, a little bit crazier than the other one, and in a different way. Um, emotional roller coaster type deal. But the reason it's like that is because you're being thrown in the deep end. Because you're because something's happening that's changing your life forever, right? And you're right in the middle of it in one of the craziest ways possible. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Lauren had a different experience than I did. It was probably <laughs> more, but, but still. Um, but, but, but it's about that, that change that happens, you know, that, that thing that happens at, next that makes the birth so important, or graduation. Has anybody ever been to a graduation? Have you ever been to a graduation that you enjoyed? I just want to be real. Is there anybody here <laughs> that's ever been to a graduation that you were on stage for? 
you know, getting your diploma. Graduations are weird things, too. We, we're celebrating things. And I, I said first service, like, you know, some of them may, may not seem like they mean too much. Um, because this is like a K-4 graduation or something like that. You know, when you, does, it, does it mean anything? Nothing's changing, right? And so the, the event doesn't really mean that much because nothing's changing. Or, you know, the reason we go to graduations is, is so that we can support and show our love for people. Trying to bring this back and it actually sound like I might be supportive of graduations. <laughs> to show our support and love of people and the, that, that work that they've done, how that's about to pay off in their life. How that's about to change their life. And so we have these events in our life that changes. And so I want to see if this is true for you. I think what truly gives any, any event meaning is the effect that it will have on everything that comes after it. And so I think the cross, that's true at the cross too. The cross is, we've been talking about it the past few weeks since Easter, about all things Jesus went through. We've been talking about what, what happened there, the, the brutal things that, that Jesus went through for us. <clears throat> and it's, you know, it's this crazy thing that happened, and it's crazy to think about um, that that's what secured our salvation. That that's what opened the doorway for us to walk in, in step with God, to bring us into a relationship with God. It's kind of, kind of a crazy thing. Um, and how it changed everything. And it, it, th that's the real beauty of it. Isn't what happened, but how it changed everything after it, right? Is that, that not just that it changed everything then, that it changed all of history, that it changed uh, the church or people, you know, it changed collectively us, but it, but it changed you. What it did for you, what it did for me. That, that's, what's, that's the beautiful thing about it. That's why it's so important. And I know that, that looking at it, sometimes it just makes no sense. And like, like that's how you, you made the way for us, Jesus. That, that's how it happened. And if we look at that, it kind of maybe boggles our brain a little bit. Uh, but it, you know what? It, it, it boggled brains back then too. When Jesus began talking to the disciples, telling them, this is what's about to happen. Like I'm about to be handed over. I'm going to be going to suffer, going to die, going to rise again. And this is all like God's will. This is what's going to happen. The disciples did not like it at all. You know, they did not like this news. They thought we were about to like rise up and revolt and we're going to take back our country. We're going to, you know, we're going to do something awesome. And then all of a sudden Jesus is like, no, we're going to, like, I'm about, to, I'm about to die. And this is, it's going to be on you guys to do something. Jesus, the, the disciples don't like this. And so Peter actually takes Jesus aside in Matthew chapter 16. This is where we're going to kind of hang out today. Um, and he began, it says he began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. And so he, it's almost like he gets in his mind, oh, this is going to be really bad news for me if this was happening to Jesus. So this can't happen. This is, he, get, he decides the things that he's worried about are the things that Jesus is worried about. The things that are bad for him are the things that are going to be bad for Jesus. The things that he begins to, to decide what it is that God wants to do instead of, instead of following and so Jesus has a very interesting response to this. There's one maybe you've heard, and I think we say it sometimes. We kind of make a joke out of it sometimes to people, or I, I know I do. Uh, say it sometimes in a funny way. But it's a very serious thing. It's a very strange accusation. He, but it says, Jesus turns and says to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And so when Jesus says that, it's very striking, because Peter is not Satan, right? He's not a demonic force. He's not like, you know, he's not, he's not Satan, right? That's not, that's not Peter is Jesus' friend. He's his disciple, probably his closest disciple. 
probably the disciple that, that's always in there with him. In fact, just a few verses before, if you go and look, he's the one that says, Jesus, you're the Messiah. He says, you're the one. You're it. You're the Son of God. And so it's, all, it's, it's Peter that does it. But still, Peter's the one that Jesus turns and says, says hey, get behind me, Satan. Too. That's, that's really striking to us. And the reason I think it's shocking to us is because this is what it tells us. It tells us that it is possible to spend every waking moment with Jesus and still be in opposition to him, still be a hindrance to him. That's a scary thing. And that means it's a challenge to us to, be, to take note of where we are. Are we out ahead of Jesus or are we behind him? He told, he told Peter to get behind him, right? Get behind him. And, uh, you know, that's a challenge to us because we need to be in the right spot. And so it'd be easy. Um, oh, have you ever been on like a, a car trip with somebody? And um, as, as they're riding down the road, they're, 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 they're in the driver's seat. And they tell you they know where they're headed. We do not need the GPS on. I know where I'm going. You know, even after you pass the same gas station four or five times, I still know where I'm headed, right? We can be too confident in ourselves. It's good to be con have confidence. It's bad to be so confident in yourself that you can't admit that you're headed in the wrong direction. And so we that, that some people are like that. They, they are so bold and, and, and ready to go that they stop to think, am I headed in the right direction? And on uh, the other end of that, there are people that are so afraid of ending up in the wrong spot or saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing, they never leave home. They never move. They never make a change. They're, they're right where they've always been because, because they're too afraid to take that step. And so it would be really good for both sides of that. I mean, I've been guilty of both. If we had a roadmap, if we had something to gauge, where are we? And so you need that. You need a time, a place where you, you gauge that. Um, and it'd be great if Jesus would lay that out for us, you know? And he did. He did right in the next breath. And in verse 24, he goes on and he says, Then he told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Really simple things. And for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's a great promise. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Um, I think that's a very good little, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross, uh, follow him. That's pretty, pretty easy. And if we, if we could, you know, every day, as much as possible, find some time alone with Jesus to realign ourselves. Like Kurt talked about a few weeks ago, he talked about getting to that secret place. Um, and I feel like, man, I, Kurt, I wrote this sermon at, before I heard your sermon, and I feel like they're just, they're all over each other. Um, but go back and listen to Kurt's sermon. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's great. Uh, go listen to that. It's from about three weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, something like that. Um, but uh, we, we need to find that time to get alone and to, and to challenge ourselves to, to look and say, hey, are we headed the right way? Because when we do that, that frees us from saying, from being worried that we're not headed in the right direction. And it also lets us step confidently and know that we're head, we are, we are headed in the right, we're going where we need to go, that we, we don't have to sit back, we, we don't have to worry about stepping off, we can align ourselves with Jesus. So I want to do that real quick. I want to talk about denying yourself, taking up your cross, and, uh, and following Jesus. I want to talk about that real quick and dig into those three things. Number, so first off, uh, deny yourself, um, because it's not about you, Right? It'd be nice if it was, but it's not. And here's the thing is that we cannot move any further with Jesus 
as long as we're holding on to ourselves. As long as we're holding on to what we want to hold on to, it's really hard to hold on to Jesus. Sometimes you can, you can hold, hold both, but eventually they're going to go in different directions. Eventually they're going to go in different directions, and you have to make a decision. And, and so you, you have to deny yourself. Um, and, and uh, you know, I feel like every time I preach, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm drawn to speak on the subject of, of self-denial, of humility, of, uh, of being real about where you are and, and who you are. Uh, and really that self-denial, because I, I think this is because um, it's a very key part of Christianity, a key tenet of what we believe and what Jesus taught that we just like glaze right over a lot of times. It's like we just, you know, just just be bold and, and do it, you know, and that kind of thing. And the thing is, is, is our culture is is completely uh, very self-absorbed, and it's, it's something that's very lacking in our culture is this... Uh, is this, uh, this, this idea of even being, deny yourself. Why would I do that? Like, you know, it's about, you know, our culture is very much about what makes you feel right. What, how, what do you want? You know, that, that, you know, chase your dreams, those kind of things, instead of what does God want? What, that's, that's foreign to our culture. And so I feel like that idea of denying yourself and, and looking to what God wants or looking to what, what is best for other people, that's a very foreign thing to a lot of our culture. And so it's a very undeniably unchristian way to live, but it is something I think we don't address enough that, that, uh, that, that it's because it's so rampant in our culture, we don't notice it. And, and uh, I know like, there's, there's certain sins and things we, we hear about and we see in the headlines and, and we're like, oh, not that. You know, we hear, the, hear someone say something on TV and oh, oh, what is that? You know, we, we're so scared of certain things happening, you know, mute the TV, fast forward, whatever. Well, what about... What about self-righteousness? What about people being so full of themselves? This, isn't, this, this is not a Christian attribute. This is not a, a Christ-like attribute. And in fact, Jesus lays it out as, as, as self-denial is the first thing. It's the first thing that needs to happen. Before we can take up our cross, we've got to deny ourselves. Before we can follow him, we've got to deny ourselves. And so what this does is, is that when we do that, we can... We can, uh, we can confidently, when something happens in our life and something starts to fall apart, we can know that like, we've, we've aligned ourselves, we've, we've denied ourselves, and we want to, not, not what do I need to do. You know, a lot of times when things start to fall apart, we, we know what I need to do. I know what I need to step in and do right here. But what does God want to see happen? How can I step into this situation and, and, and speak peace? How can I step into the situation and, and, and help somebody grow? How can I step into the situation and uh, and be there for somebody. How can I step in this and challenge somebody? How how can I not step into the situation and 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 you know pray for somebody you know or something? Be, excuse myself because I don't need to be part of it. Um, but but a lot of times we're concerned with what we think we need to do instead of what Jesus, what God wants to see happen. And I think when we realign ourselves on a regular basis with that, um, we 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 end up in a better place. So. Deny yourself is step one. Then Jesus says, take up your cross. And this is the hard part, because the cross is a, uh, it's like all we just talked about. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a brutal thing, right? And for us today, the cross is, it, uh, it might as well be like a lowercase t, right? It's just a symbol. It's, it's, you know, it's just something we equate with our faith and that kind of thing. We, we put it on jewelry and those kind of things. But for them, back then, the cross was a threat. You, you realize that the cross was, is what 
they were they were execu- they were uh, executing rebels, you know, to, to Rome. They were being executed on crosses. So a cross was was you know, a scary thing to to people. And so for Jesus to say, "Take up your cross," that's that's hard. That's hard. When we see the cross, we think about what Jesus did for us. But but you know what? It, like we just talked about, it's not about us anymore, right? It's not about us. And now the cross is ours to bear. Are you are you are you with me? It's, it's, it's ours to bear. It's ours to take and do something with. This is the hard thing uh, of, of following Jesus. And, and uh, I think when Jesus spoke of these things, and he spoke in such a, you know, that, that, that sharp way, that, that kind of uh, uh, shocking way of, of talking about this, you know, take up your cross, he was saying, is this something you're, that you're willing to die for? Is this something that's worth dying for? Is this something worth living for to you? Like that's, that's, that's what he's saying is, is that this is something that's worth giving your life for. And so, you know, I, I talked about this a few weeks ago. I kind of, I, I feel like I touched on it, but I don't know that I, I said all that I wanted to say, and I wanted to bring it back to your attention. Uh, last time I spoke, I, I talked about this, but I want you to think back to how you found Jesus. How did you come to know him? What was it? What was it that happened to you? What was your experience? What were the things that, that laid out in front of you? Because if you think back, I guarantee it just didn't just happen. You just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to be a Christian today. Right? That's not what happened. Is there are people in your life, there were people that did things, that laid out the path for you, that laid out, that, that, that prayed for you, that were with you, that, that asked, let you ask questions, that, that, uh, that, that maybe preachers that, that preached or, or uh, you know, people that you saw online. or I don't know what you're, how, how you got here, how you got to know Jesus. I guarantee there are, there's probably people you don't know about that were involved in that process. There are people that, that paid to, uh, that, that gave in offerings to, to pay for whatever church or whatever it is, or what ministry organization that, that, that reached you, right? There's people you don't even know about that affected your life forever. And that's the thing is they, they took up the cross. They did the hard things. They did the things that, that, that reached us, that brought the cross to us. And now it's our turn. Now it's your turn. What is our excuse going to be? What's your excuse going to be? Is it going to be, you know, you know maybe, maybe later on, maybe, maybe I'll be a little less busy and I can get to doing more things. Or, or is it going to be, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'll try a little better. I don't think it's a, it's a, a try. I think it's a do it or don't, you know. Or is it, you know, I'm not young enough or I don't know enough. No, wherever you're at, you've got something you can give to somebody. You can, if wherever, however far along you are with Jesus, you've got, you can share that with somebody that needs it, right? And uh, so, uh, so what's your excuse? I actually wrote in my notes, it says, what silly excuse will we fall back on? Um, so, but it's a responsibility, and this, this cross has been left for us. And I think the best way we can take up our cross, three quick things I think we can do. Um, it's following Jesus is, is be a giver, be a prayer, and be a servant. Be a prayer, a giver, and a servant. Uh, be someone who prays. Pray. And in that quiet time, uh, that, that, that time that you get in the secret place, that, that, that's great. But also, throughout the day, pray. Find times, like just find excuses to pray. Be wherever you go, wherever the people you see, the people you interact with. You know, you're, you're getting, a, getting a coffee somewhere, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're at, a, at a restaurant and the, the waiter or, or somebody's having a rough day, pray. Pray for them. Just, you know, you don't have to, they don't know about it. You can pray. 
right? Unless God tells you to tell, tell them that you're praying for them. You don't, you don't have to. But pray for people. Pray for the people in your, in your class at school or the people that you work with, the people uh, that you, you pass driving down the road. Pray for people. And then God's going to open up your eyes to see what it is you can do. So be a prayer. Be a giver. Not be, don't be somebody that says, hey, this is all mine, and I, I'm gonna, I might give you a be, be a giver that says, you know what? God's blessed me so tremendously. Or maybe he's blessed you as much as, as you're blessed right now. But I want to be a giver of everything, of everything possible. I want to be a giver because God's blessed me in order to bless somebody else. And be a servant. Be someone who serves people. I think if we do those three things, we can, that's, that's taking up your cross. Be a, be a prayer, a giver, and a servant. Um, so deny yourself take up your cross and follow Jesus, right? Follow Jesus. So that implies that we're going to chase after the things that Jesus chases after. And um, something that just, something, a question that I got thinking about is just, if we are people of faith and we are, we are on a certain path in our life, should that path make sense to people outside of the faith? And if, the direction of our life doesn't make sense. I mean, it does make sense to the people that are outside of the faith. If it does make sense, what does that say about our faith? What does that say about how much the cross really changed anything in our life? Um, here's the thing is, is I want to follow Jesus. And uh, I don't have this in my notes. I shared it first service. I didn't know I was going to share it or not. But I, yesterday, as I was going through my notes, I just kind of blurted it out it just kind of came out it kind of hit me it kind of hurt to think about it this way but if you're following jesus there are some things that people who are not following jesus will be able to attain that you will not be able to there are some things that they can chase after that you can't there are some things that that some some things they can do in life that you're not going to do because you're following jesus that's just that's the hard truth I hope that makes sense. I hope that, that that hits home. Because here's the thing is we follow Jesus. And I want to remind you, if we follow Jesus, there are some things we don't follow. There's some things we don't follow. And here's a few things that we don't follow, just to just to let you remember that, that, that we don't follow the path of least resistance. We don't just take the easy road. Whatever makes it easiest for us, we follow Jesus. We don't we don't follow tradition. We don't follow just what everybody's always done. Now if Jesus laid out the tradition, let's do it. But if it's, if it's just what people have always done, it's fine. But we follow Jesus, right? We don't follow trends. We don't, I know, I think some people look at our church, they go, oh, we're trying to be cool. I, I, I hope we're not. I hope we're trying to be relevant to people. But tradition can alienate people, and so can trends. And so I, I want us to be after, I want us to be following Jesus, not trends, right? And us as people, we've got we've to follow Jesus. Um, we don't follow self-help authors. We don't follow gurus. They don't dictate what our lives do. We might can pick up a few little things from them, but ultimately, we follow Jesus. We're Christians. Christians is in the, it's in the name. Jesus Christ is, is it's his name that we're Christians. We're following him. Uh, we, we don't follow the news cycle, right? What the talking heads on TV say. That's not what we follow. We follow Jesus. Uh, not up there. We don't follow a political party. We don't follow a political party. We follow Jesus. Um, and I, I, I've been guilty in the past of taking, taking uh, political figures and trying to put them up on pedestals and try to think that they're going to save us. But they're not. Only Jesus is going to go into. 
And, we, and I'm talking about people on every, every spectrum, every part of the aisle, wherever, wherever you are. Um, we follow Jesus. Just remember that. We follow Jesus. We don't follow the money. We don't follow what pads our pockets or makes, us, makes, us, makes life a little cushier, right? We follow Jesus, right? We don't follow what the world calls success. I put little quotation marks because I believe if you follow Jesus, you're going to be successful in his eyes according to his, what he calls success. But, but what the, the world is not going to call it success. It's not going to look like success to, to some people, to most people. Um, we follow Jesus. We don't follow popular opinion. We don't take polls to decide what we're going to do. We follow Jesus. And we don't follow our gut, our emotions, our feelings. All those things. We follow Jesus. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so is that the direction you're headed? Is Jesus your, is he the path you're on? Is he the target you're aimed for? Is that, is that where you're headed? Or, or, or is your life lined up more with some other pattern besides his? Um, I think also when we think about Jesus, we, it can become like, that's just so foreign. That's so that's so like that's out there, and I don't, I don't know if I can reach Jesus, like. But it, he's not like some historical figure we're following in the footsteps of. You know, some people like go to Graceland and follow in the footsteps of Elvis. That, that's not what we're doing, all right? We're not doing that. We're we're following Jesus, and he's not somebody that died a long time ago. He's somebody that's risen and is living now, and he's with us. And actually, the 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 word there that's used. Uh, back in the Greek, uh, that's actually follow is akalutheo, um, which actually can be translated accompany. So it's not just follow me. It's not Jesus way up there and he said, "Hey, follow me. I left. I, I left the steps for you." It's hey, follow me, accompany me, come with me, come alongside. Me. You know, that's what he's saying is he's he's inviting us on a journey with him. He's walking with us, not 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 leaving us on our own. Um, so it's not, it's not some distant Jesus that we're following. So deny yourself, take up your cross, follow Jesus. And then he wraps up this little, little bit here, and he says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? And so... If we believe this is something worth living for, spending our life on, how will you, how will you spend your life? What will you spend your life on? What are you spending your life on right now? And what is it that Jesus spent his life on? What did Jesus spend his life on? If you think about it, what, did, what do you think he'd spend his life on? I mean, if you really think about it and think about the things he did, I think what he spent it on was people. He spent it on others. Jesus spent his life on people. He, not, not, he didn't spend his life impressing people. He spent his life serving people. He didn't spend his life seeking a reaction from people, but pouring into them. He didn't spend his time meddling in their business. He spent his time caring for people wherever they were and really seeing their problems they were in the middle of. He didn't, he didn't spend his life using people to try to get something. He spent his life believing in people. And seeing their, seeing their, their value. Um, he wasn't after their wallets. He wasn't after their applause. He wasn't after their thumbs up. He, he, he was after their hearts. He was after a relationship with people. 
Um, he, he, he wasn't not, not just popular people, uh, not just people like him, or people who were easy to get along with, or people that made him feel better about himself. He was about people. He was about people, and he spent his life loving people, serving people, and ultimately dying for people. And I think that's what we should be about, too, is taking this and, and, and sharing it with somebody. Because this is what's important, right? Is modeling this, this, self, this self-denial, doing these hard things, and growing to be more like Jesus. We should be modeling that for other people in the end. That's, that, that, sharing that with people because it's changed our lives. Because the cross changed everything for us. Should we want to share that with somebody else? But here too often, I think we're just worried about squeaking by. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.